Uh, I ain't going to have much good to say about him. I can tell you this. He doesn't care two bits about the people that live on Staten Island and Brooklyn. He, he, he has a podcast that he has to create content for that he talks about. You know, for, he needs drama to you know feed his podcast, right? He's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's becoming a jackass at a time when we need to have a serious debate about the future of the party and the country. Hello and welcome to the Alexis Pereira program. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira, and with me as always is the, well, let's see, the Andrew Giuliani to my Rudy Giuliani, Alex Estrada. Alex, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, Dad. How are you? How are you holding up? Well, you, you know, I lost, I lost my law license, um, <laughs> at least in New York. Um, did they say? He said exactly that it was because he lied about the, the. I think so. Yeah, they basically said that his uh, his pattern of behavior in terms of his characterizations of the legal investigations and his you know his arguments about the election uh, basically. Um, cast uh well, there's a specific thing but, but basically if you're an attorney you can't make the profession look bad like ah. that's like that's part of it and oh. so it's like um yeah so basically he did that by lying all the time yeah uh he made attorneys look bad and so they took it from him i heard i heard this other story uh something coming out in like a book about trump and giuliani that trump mercilessly made fun of rudy uh mm-hmm. he made fun of him for defending him on TV, he said you looked weak doing that. And then he, and then he, uh, apparently on the planes, uh, Rudy has a, a habit of falling asleep. Um, mm-hmm. I guess as normal, most normal people do. And Trump made fun of him for that. And then Rudy has an iPad that he uses all the time. And Trump once looked over. And he saw like cartoons on it or like memes. <laughs> and then from every time Rudy uh, takes out his iPad, uh, Trump like tells like anybody like a, a general or whatever. It's like, there's look, Rudy, he's, look, he's looking at his cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. I miss the whole gang. Yeah. That's really fun. That is funny. Someone taking the piss out of you like that. That is, that is funny. How's, um, how's your week been, Alex? My week, my week has been okay. It felt uh, very busy, and I suppose that it was. Uh, yesterday was one of the first. It was like just a gorgeous day outside. So um, you know, we had a chance to get friends visiting from town. We got to go out to dinner with no masks, which was really cool. Nice. And then we went to a bar with no masks. So yeah, it's like things seem to be getting back to uh, normal New York, uh, yeah. at least in Park Slope. Well, that's nice. I went bowling yesterday. I went. Oh yeah, a, I saw. Yeah. Where, where did you go bowling? I went to a bowling alley called the Gutter Lower East Side. I believe that's what it's called. And, okay. Uh, it was a fun time. There was nobody there, which is nice. Usually, bowling alleys are very full, very packed. Yes. But post Corona, uh, especially during Pride weekend, <laughs> not many people not in many a dark, people. dank bowling alley. They're they're not into it. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've always been curious because in like growing up, we used to bowl a lot. Like it was fairly, it was pretty inexpensive. Like, you know, it was a couple bucks for a game or something. And I always wondered in New York if it was like, um, you know, like, um, like going out like anywhere else, like expensive and like, you know, difficult to get in. Each and lane everything. is $70 an hour. And then your shoes are $5 to rent. Okay, so. I mean, like that's like the shoe rental sounds like just about the same anywhere across the country. So sure. that's not too bad. Even regular shoes, and this is bowling <laughs> shoes. Right, so. right. Yeah, and uh, if you have seven people, as we did, it was twenty bucks each for two hours. It was a perfectly uh, uh, nice, reasonable time. Okay, I yeah, it sounds like fun. Well, how would you bowl if you don't mind me asking? I think I my. My first game, I bowled a 170. Then the second game took so long, we ran out of time. But I had like four strikes. I'm a, I'm a quite a capable bowler. I'm not going to win a championship every now and then. Uh, but mm. I, I do get a few strikes in there, you know. And and if I, if I'm really warm, I can, you know, I can get in the up, uh, mid, uh, uh, low 200s. Is my low 200. My app, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. It's um, pretty good for a uh, non-professional bowler. Well, um, uh. We had a bowling alley near my house. My dad even bought me and my brother's uh, bowling balls. We had our own with our names on them when I was wow. growing up. Yeah. So. Big, uh, big finger holes, small finger holes. <laughs> you know, uh, I always say that <laughs> two of them are big. <laughs> <laughs> One of them small. Uh, so on that note, um, I, I want to bring on... You know, when we talk about reporters, Alex, mm. the word intrepid is thrown a lot or around a lot these days. You know, intrepid reporter, intrepid journalist, you know, 
Um, and and I, I think usually that's wrong. Usually these are just buzzfeeders who just Google what they're looking for. They don't know what they're talking about. And then they, they just bang out a couple of paragraphs. Not not us. Not today. We have we have an actual intrepid reporter. Uh, some, somebody's already guessed who it is. KH or her initials, apparently. That's incredible. And uh, well, let, let you know, let's let's bring her on. And she's going to talk to us about New York City. What we don't know, what we do know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Katie Hone and Katie, how are you? I'm great. Can I be like the Donna Hanover in this situation? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. great. Wow. Divorce me and on TV. That's right. I remember that. Like he, like she was like watching at a friend's house or something, right? She had a thing going on and she, yeah, she like that. And then he married that woman, I believe, right? Judy. And then they got divorced, oh. you know. Katie, Katie knows all about this stuff. Donna's, Donna's his like third cousin. Am I? No, correct? that was his first wife. I think her name was Regina. That was his second cousin. Uh, then he married Donna Hanover. They had the two kids, including you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> Donna was is still an actress, I believe. She had a long-standing role as a judge on All My Children when I watched. So oh, wow! I did meet her once, and I told her I loved her on All My Children. I don't think she. I, don't, I think she's not used to people talking about her time in Pine Valley. It's mm-hmm. more about, you know. I love it. I love Rudy. I love Rudy. <laughs> right, or whatever they would say. Um, so, yeah, yeah, thank you for the nice little intro. I appreciate that. You know, it's funny. I remember back in the day, Katie, we, we Katie and I went to college together. We're not going to say what college. Uh, they don't want us to, but. Uh, <laughs> well, thank um, you for me. I don't know. I don't know about you. I was in the alumni book. So. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> the I was alumni the, book. I was in the alumni <laughs> club before, I, before right. I went there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Alexis was the, the alumni uh, insert. Like, yeah. if this man is seen on campus, please report him. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, those, safety notifications. <laughs> those are two sex jokes, and they both went both ways. Now, um, uh, we, we used to laugh about uh, Rudy back in the day because we remember um, a little around 9-11, there was a couple people who would go on TV and they'd be like, if the cops would spend more time chasing terrorists instead of chasing John Gotti, maybe the towers would still be up there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like this a anti People hated Rudy back in the yeah. day. Um, yeah, then- there is. I mean, there's a lot of revi- there's a lot of things people like small things people think could have been done to have prevented 9-11 that have nothing to do with 9-11. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of that. Like when you catch the terrorists, you know, when I was like a kid getting, you know, caught drinking beer on the beach. It was like, when you catch the terrorists, like yeah. the guy from the 100th precinct is <laughs> doing counterterrorism work in Afghanistan or something. <laughs> Well, as we as we learn, nobody does counterterrorism, so it doesn't even matter. Um, yeah, it, it, there's also revisionist history about uh, people's love and hatred of of people who uh, chase the mafia because in the '90s, you know, these anti-mafia police officers and lawyers they were not beloved. There were people were like, "Leave him alone, he's running a business." And then and all of a sudden, like Rudy and now Curtis Liu are running uh, for mayor, and people are like, "Oh, we've always loved them. They represent Staten Island." You know? Ye- yes, I think some people just get used to people being around like I, I think you know you mentioned Curtis Lee Webb I think he's just been around for so long people just like seeing him he yeah. is you know he's he's an entertaining person if you just I love the beret away. it's a great beret stands yeah. for yeah so Katie how's your quarantine been uh you, you doing anything lately what you what you up to in Queens you know you know the quarantine's kind of lifted um you know you mentioned the marriage race which we can talk about in depth later but mm-hmm. been covering that um as you know as you you pointed out I had been laid off technically I did not point that out I did not say that no privately Alex sent me a very point that you know they're terminating our section so I'm I guess technically I have a job July 9th but you know mm-hmm. I still have to do the job and I it was out Monday with camp with candidates all day Monday and Alex texted me and said I think it's really honorable that you're just pretending on Twitter you didn't get laid off. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I said no. I appreciate that. Thanks. I was hoping someone would notice. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. Just I've been doing that. You know, since March 2020, I've just been working nearly constantly. COVID, all that kind of stuff, and now you know into this mayor's race. I guess we'll know in mid July who the d- Democratic. Um, yeah primary candidate is and then then we'll have months of Curtis Lee Weber's whether I can't, w- I can't wait for that weird Curtis Lee debate yeah. it's gonna be weird <laughs> he I mean he told my a colleague who wrote the profile on the Republican candidates because he was running against Fernando Fernando Mateo Curtis said that if he wins he will no longer wear the beret really yeah he said Retarded. he will take it off 
And then he joked about a receding hairline. We don't know what's under that hat. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. Um, you know, you know. We'll, we'll talk about the mayor's race later. Uh, but, but I have seen you like on the road, um, on, on like Instagram, going like you're like all around the city. Uh, it, what are any any interesting stuff you've been seeing? You know, just going around Queens and seeing all the all the supporters. Anything stand out? Yeah, for you? I mean, it's been really fascinating to see. Um, well, starting with COVID, to see the sims. I've slowly watched the city get busier. You know. Sure. Um, it was so frighteningly empty, as, as we all know. And then probably the last six months really seeing it build up. And I started going back last summer every so often to work out of City Hall just to get out of my house. So seeing Lower Manhattan go from so desolate, I think the, the, a few weeks ago I saw my first tour group again, you know, where you have like a bunch of kids outside City Hall by the Brooklyn Bridge and like a guide is telling them about like <laughs> the Tweed building, like these kids care. And I was, you know, they were in, in everyone's way. They were standing in front of the subway entrance. But I was just so happy to see them. Yeah. Um, and even with the mayor's race and all these campaigns, there have been so many campaigns, it went from everything was being done over Zoom and these endless Zoom forums that were really boring uh, to then see them go out in the street and campaigning has been really interesting. I, I've gone out with a lot of the candidates just doing shaking hands and talking to people, you know, like Andrew Yang, who, you know, he didn't do very well in the primary, but he was so well known. It was like a spectacle. The few times I went out with him, I'm just people, he's a celebrity. So when they would see him, it was this recognition of, oh my God, that's him. Yeah. And he always wants to take a photo with them. So I did a little bit of that, like on primary day on Tuesday with him uh, on the Upper West Side, seeing other candidates, um, even in the flip side, like a candidate like Catherine Garcia, who did support. I guess probably much better than people expected her to. She might win. She's still yeah. in it. Yeah. She and Maya Wiley are still in it. And, and considering where Catherine began, but watching it go from not no one really knowing who she was. And then I went to an event she did early morning on the Upper West Side. Again, I'm, I, I've been visited other boroughs, but I just, sure. those are just two. And people were then asking her for selfies. So I asked ah. her, you know, like, when did that change? And she's like, only the last couple of weeks. But people get... New Yorkers are very cordial too. I know that's maybe not what people would think, but you don't get too many hecklers. I ha I have not seen hecklers. Yeah. I know that's been that's happened. I, a colleague of mine said that when I met her up at when Andrew Yang was talking to people at the 96th Street subway station, she said some old woman just went up to him and said, "I hope you die soon." Oh my God! <laughs> to so Yang, horrible, but so to Andrew Yang. So, but it's so. I mean, it's so mean, but it, it actually is kind of funny just because yeah. imagine saying that to someone like just straight matter is that of post, fact. Is it post his mental illness uh, comment or just random? I mean, he got criticized for his stance on Palestine and, uh, you know, he, he's really lots been Lots of it. reasons to wish a man dead. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. I would have asked your man, is there specifically what issue? Yeah. <laughs> Why um, do you want him to die? <laughs> Yeah, I did see a funny tweet that said Andrew Yang's downfall was not realizing the mentally ill are the largest voting block in New York. <laughs> <laughs> felt like and an our, attack. Yeah, our listeners too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that's it's just been fun, and I always like talking. What I hated about COVID, among many other things, right? I mean, a lot of it that I hated, but one of the things was I couldn't just get out and talk to people. That's like the best part of, you know, I'm I'm. I'm mentally ill where I love community meetings and I just think they're fun. And that's where everyone goes and you meet all these different people and being a reporter, you know, you can never guess what people are going to think. Yes. And you could, you could kind of try to profile people like, okay, they're going to have this opinion on something. And then you speak to them and it is, completely different so that's what makes it always interesting i make that point all the time about the way there are like reporters on the street and then there seems to be this opinion columnist who write just total fucking bullshit about yeah. what they think people think and then they're completely wrong but for some reason they are the ones who are quoted and by politicians and things like that like this guy sits in his basement in nebraska or whatever and he writes about new york city all day or something like that and it's like this but but you know he has a huge following and and he we should listen to him but you know you really need to talk to new yorkers yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um they often buck national trends um, they, they, they uh, you know, uh, uh, trends about like what, what, ra what their race might be, you know, voting for or, or what their class, yeah. whatever. It's, it's always like 
you know, you can't really guess, um, especially because in New York City, the communities are so kind of tight knit. I do. I think they talk these communities in New York City talk about this stuff like all the time. And people sometimes change each other's minds, you know, yeah. about like policing and taxes and things like that. And you really need to just be on the ground like you are to know what people are thinking rather than just being like somebody who lives in Malaysia and <laughs> reads a few <laughs> tweets and is like, this is what people in New York believe. Yeah. Right. And then plus, I think I always say to people, human beings in general are they're they're contradictory and they don't always believe things that are in their own best interests. So you could say, well, why would this voter who makes this much money and lives here and in this sort of socioeconomic profile, why would they believe this way about a certain issue? And it's like, because people don't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's the problem with not going out and talking to people. I'd actually done this when we were still more quarantined. I set up like a Google form where I just asked a few questions and I tweeted it just so I can get a sense of it. And it was so interesting to see. And because it was anonymous, you know, I gave people the option of said, like, you know, do you want me to reach out to you? And it was so interesting to see what the issues were, who people liked and why. And sometimes people even acknowledge that, look, the three or four candidates I like, because, you know, we can rank candidates. Like, these don't make any sense that I like them, but I just <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, so that's what you just have to go out and actually talk to people, which is, yeah. is harder and harder for people. So you tweeted this recently, and it's something that I had known growing up in uh, South Queens was that a lot of the residents in in Queens, especially the homeowners, their biggest issue is property taxes, yeah. and that's something that never gets brought up. By I feel like I feel like maybe Republicans do bring it up, but then they just like don't care about like the specific uh, you know groups. But like um, there there is a huge Democratic voting block that does own homes and think they pay too many taxes, you know, and, and it's never discussed. Yeah, there was a property tax reform that's kind of ongoing. And especially because the property tax rates for multiple reasons is very complicated to get into. But homeowners in like a park slope, which is now a wealthier neighborhood, are paying less in property taxes than a lot of homeowners in South and Southeast Queens. Like the example people always use is how much money Bill de Blasio pays on the two homes he owns in Park Slope. Mm -hmm. compared to someone in Laurelton or St. Albans. Um, and they they are trying to reform it. There was a lawsuit that's still sort of pending by uh, a property tax group. So there's it is like a niche issue. And, and But yeah, I mean, I think Andrew Yang had mentioned some of it a little bit, but with so many, you know, I think he mentioned it in a way of, did you know that yeah. <laughs> this is great? You know, so that. But as far as reform, I think we're in the middle of it. But what will happen to it, I'm not sure, or yeah. when we'll actually get those details. You know, Mayor, Mayor Adams will figure it out. He's from kind of where I grew up, right? He's from South Jamaica. I'm from Queens Village. Um, yeah. He went to like high school there. I think he was like from more from Brooklyn. And, but we'll see. I mean, Garcia's still in it. We'll talk about it later, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, it's funny, we do this live and uh, the, the show is uh, reproduced in podcast format and then we have like ads and I've decided to try to introduce the ads instead of just like <laughs> letting them pop in. So here's the first ad. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. But we're back now because we don't hear that ad. So see how that works? <laughs> yeah. Well, editing, so. the magic of editing. Here we go. <laughs> Alex, what do you think that ad was for? Uh, I'm going to guess that ad was for uh, Nestle Quick. Very nice. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I grew up. I hope so too. Kids don't drink it as much as they yeah. used to. I was a big quick drinker. Every night, I would drink a Nestle Quick with, Ooh, with some yeah. milk. Yeah. I used to just eat them by the spoonful. Ugh, it's disgusting. So bad for you. <laughs> so bad for you. Oh, and then I'd be, you know, then I switched to Yuhu. Yuhu's superior. I oh yeah, we never did. Yuhu was not a West Coast thing. Uh, yeah. Do you have? Is it like the way you guys call Twizzlers something else? Like, do you have like a West Coast version of Yuhu? Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know. No, that's the thing. I don't think chocolate soda is like a West Coast thing. Like, I'd see ads for Yuhu, but like, I never, I never encountered a single person growing up who drank it, who like brought it to a party or did anything with it. 
but yeah, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna guess people are not bringing you who to parties. <laughs> I might, and I might bring a like a six pack of those yeah. little uh, juice boxes happy? of you who. That would be a yeah. pretty sick like uh, commercial, like you know, it's like oh, you know, somebody else brought beer to the party. Oh, great! And then, then like some like hero brings YooHoo, and like <laughs> maybe the some chocolate rabbit comes out. I don't even know who the like the quick quick is the the rabbit. Yeah, I think I think YooHoo's like party favors YooHoo. I don't know exactly. Um, so uh, it's time, Katie, for my weekly monologue. Every week I do a monologue where I just discuss something that bothers me. And I asked, I ask our guest, which is you this week, if you'd like to hear my monologue. Would you like to hear my monologue this week, Katie? No, not really. No, yeah. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. Our first I'm going to get a light because I forgot that the sun goes down. Yeah, absolutely. So go, your monologue, I'll get go a ahead, light. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your, <laughs> do your <laughs> light. Alex, how, yeah. does the mo- how does the monologues go? Oh, uh, well, you sh- uh, Katie is leaving during it. So I'm mm-hmm. saying she's mm-hmm. going to have the best reception, I think. Perfect. Uh, So uh, we are going to go into this week's monologue. Okay. I was on the subway the other day when when the conductor made a long rambling speech about the train skipping a few stops. Nobody really heard it, but you know who definitely didn't hear it? Deaf people, people who don't speak English, the guy screaming at us that we were trying to get his cans. It's 2021. Why is the MTA still making important announcements on the loudspeaker instead of using, oh, I don't know, the digital panels all over the train? Sure, they stopped working in 2017, but maybe we can get a repair crew and replace the LEDs with cum on them so we all know where we're going. Oh, my God. Last week, I was in the subway and the digital panel said we're going local. Perfect. My stop on the R is a local stop. But then the conductor told us to ignore the panel because we're going express. Ignore the panel? Aren't you in control of that? Who runs that thing? Sometimes the MTA acts like all the digital signs are controlled by a nephew who won't give them the password. (laughs) Instead of putting all these ads on the train and weird cartoons about getting groped, let's get some actual important information on there. Like, the Express is at the next stop. Jump off this local and you can get home quicker. Or, the Bloods have taken over 14th Street. Take the 7. We're in the 21st century. The trains have technology and we all wear headphones to pretend we can't hear the panhandler. Let's get shit on the screen and no, I don't mean actual shit. Now, I open it up to the panel. If you could make subway cars better, what would you do? Alex, we'll start with you. You start with me. No right answers. No, yeah, there are no right answers. I, I don't know. I think the the best way to improve is to institute permanent work from home, so you don't have to ride them anymore. That's there you uh, go. that's my. Uh, but as, in terms of like an actual suggestion for the train, um, yeah, I don't know. I think if they were to, I don't know. That's the thing. One, it's been like a really long time since I've been forced to do it. I would say the the thing is make them go faster. Like, yeah. let's get rid of this like weird rule that they instituted after those collisions way back in the day. Let's you know let's get these things on like you know magnets like in Japan. It's gonna go real fast. That's me, <laughs> Katie. How would you improve the uh, subway train if you could? Yeah, I kind of I, I hate to disagree with you. That sounds lazy, but I I do agree that it's very confusing and and like you said for people who don't speak english or who are, or who are deaf i mean i started taking the train again in may 2020 so i've been back you know i only had a little break in covid um that seems to be it i mean the other problem is it's not the subway car itself but you know you know people ask like what is it that radicalized you or made you going from one end of the seven train to the other like you go to hudson yards and it is humongous and beautiful. And then you take it to Main Street Flushing, where it is a single file staircase up from the platform. <laughs> it, re- it You just watch. It is, you know, eat, it makes you want to eat the rich when you do that. So I, I was in Flushing last week for a campaign thing. And I was like, oh, I forgot that this incredibly busy subway platform has a single file staircase. Waited probably five minutes just to get up there. So that's what I would do. You know, you know, I, I was just thinking about the seven because there is a change in the seven train. Yes, there is. There's a, the seven train is a change. And that change happens at Court Square. At Court Square, it's like nice, right? Like it's half nice. Yeah. Then you go up all the way to the top of where the seven is. And it's like uh, Babe Ruth, uh, like uh, uh, Yankee Stadium. Uh, like it, it basically yeah. it looks like 1930s and, it's, yeah. and it hasn't changed. 
and hasn't changed. And then you keep going on the train. Uh, I went. I went recently. Oh, yeah! You know, I, I saw you um, a couple yeah. weeks ago on, on the seven, and I was like, man, it really. The seven after Court Square is like they have not updated this since nineteen nineteen. You know, I'm like they're God. trying. To be fair, they are trying because you know they had that thing where debris was falling into cars <laughs> because I mean, of debris. That's why they're trying. And then you the track workers like we're not really inspecting it for Jane. Yeah. But yeah, they're trying. You know, my stairwell. If you got off the fifty second, uh, the fifty second Street stop. The stairwells were literally corroded. There'd be like one stair. It's like, oh, watch your step. <laughs> and they are fixing it. But of course, you know, fixing it. I even thought about that with Main Street. Like, they would have to redo this entire station and they would have to tell thousands and thousands of people, sorry, you don't have a train. So yeah. it, it, it is, in, you know, to sympathize with the MTA. Improvements take money, but it also takes time and inconvenience. But yeah. No, it's true. I actually was on the subway train. I wrote about this story like years ago, but I was on the subway train and it was packed, right? And this guy was complaining about the subway. And this Russian man who is so tall, he couldn't fit under oh the, the the roof. He goes, I must uh, I must disagree with you, sir. Like he started screaming, like whatever. And it, it was like, and, and it was like, what is happening? It was like some kind of weird play started in front of everybody. And he goes, actually, I think that the uh, New York City subway is quite impressive, if I may. And, and uh, the guy was like, yeah, why? And he's like, it's the only 24-hour uh, subway station in the entire world. And I have been in London, I've been in Paris, and they are able to close the subway and do repairs. But in New York, they must do repairs while the subway is going. It's like trying to fix your ceiling while you're having dinner. Uh, and I was like, right. damn. All right, man. So. It would be cool if he was like Andy Byford in disguise, depending on how long ago this was. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it, was it was like 10 years ago. It was a long so time ago. Was, yeah. Yeah. Andy Byford in disguise 10 years ago. So at the uh, very end of all that, did he stab somebody? Like what happened? Yes, <laughs> he stabbed somebody. <laughs> we, we took all our wallets. No, it was, it was on 59. It was a, a 50. I'm sorry. It was a Lexington 59th Street. And uh, it was it, like, you know, going to Astoria from Manhattan is legitimately uh, a gamble every single time that you may not make it through the tunnel in one shot that's what it is so it's like it was one of those times where like we were stopped in the goddamn tunnel and then it's like sorry folks the train in front of us ran out of gas or something like that like it's always so weird like oh, fire we're so sorry yeah and put your gas masks on <laughs> uh yeah so that's um but let, let's get into the news now and um we alex we got some some uh uh news here uh, uh but we already talked about this but let's get more in depth. Uh, Alex, you want to give us a breakdown of how the New York mayoral race is going? Yeah, so uh, it shook out. We had the uh, New York mayoral race on Tuesday. Uh, basically, the the three top candidates are Adams, Wiley, and Garcia. Uh, I believe in that order. And the uh, basically the way the results sort of came out is it's sort of you know this tale of three cities is what Gothamist referred to it as, where you have. Uh, working class minority neighborhoods overwhelmingly backed Adams. Uh, progressives in the outer boroughs went to Wiley, and then Garcia sort of held on to like this very centrist, um, centrist enclaves in Manhattan. And so it's going to be a couple of weeks before we get the final results, uh, but that's what we're looking at. Katie, now Adams is in the lead. He almost is doing like victory speeches now, yeah. I, I, right now. But it, there's a chance that Garcia might pull in those like Biden vote from home people, right? Is that what it's yeah. looking like? Yeah, I mean, in Wiley as well, there's a lot of speculation and we won't know. So the absence, I explained it to my editor, I think, where it's like, okay, so we had a primary day. And then this coming Tuesday, it's, it's almost like mini primary days until the week of July 12th when we have the final results. So mm. on Tuesday, will get the final absentee vote tally and then they'll go through those. So I think it's close to 100,000, right? So those are votes that could go either way. Um, and then when we do the ranked choice simulations where we actually start knocking out the lower candidates and seeing their number twos and threes are, that's when things will really shake up. And yeah. I can't predict the future and I'm also bad at math. So I can't, I mean, if it was not mathematically possible for Maya Wiley and Catherine Garcia to have a chance, they would have Conceived, yeah, right? dropped out, so, most likely. Yeah, so it's a matter of who did people rank second and then who did, you know, and, and all that. So I, I know with Eric Adams and I was at his election, his primary night party. And yeah, it was, he was very cautious to say these are not, it's not called yet. Um, but 
he did make a point to say, which I think then gets into the ranked choice voting argument, and there were people opposed to it. Um, it was predominantly black legislators who filed a lawsuit and then took it away, but they wanted to get rid of ranked choice voting. And he made the point to say, the majority of people ranked me first. So right now we, he has the most first place votes. And it's rare for that to not hold, but it happened in San Francisco where the second place person overcame the first place. But I, you know, I can see why if someone did not like ranked choice voting or was just confused by it, they're gonna say, but wait, didn't this guy, like he got the most first yeah. place votes it wasn't the majority, and, and if we didn't have ranked choice voting, voting, we would have done a runoff. But I can see that argument. But yeah, it depends on. And I think Catherine Garcia, in particular, had been that before she really shot up. For whatever reason, she got more name recognition. She got endorsements from the New York Times and the Daily News editorial boards. She sort of was a, a lot of people's safe candidate. Like, yeah, I like this other person, but yeah, maybe I'll rank that trash lady second, which I, I have heard <laughs> call her trash lady. Um, I don't know if she would even mind that, but so we will see. And, you know, you can't, like I said earlier, people have very confusing ballots. So you could try to say, well, who would vote for, you know, Eric Adams one, Maya Wiley two. I'm sure there are. Yeah. I, I met people who said, yeah, I, 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 Eric Adams, I live in Brooklyn. He's always done good by me, but I, I see Maya Wiley on TV and I like what she says too. So, I don't think anyone can predict what will happen, but clearly they do see some pathway. Uh, Catherine Garcia's campaign put out like a memo that showed the districts where the absentee ballots are coming from and polling that showed that she had done well there. So that's their pathway to victory. But that's when we'll find out. I mean, in, in addition to the mayor's race, there's so many other races, council, controller, right. have, uh, you know, although that's decided. But yeah, so there, it's been such a busy primary is, is there a good argument against ranked choice voting? Because I feel like it's something that we kind of all, a lot of people agree it's going to make things easier so that, you know, there isn't as much horse trading. But are do people, I don't know, like, Alex, what is your legal argument about this? Like, what could go wrong with ranked choice voting where people are like, might be against it? I mean, like most of the most of the opposition that I saw it were groups that were concerned that it might be confusing and that as a result, people won't participate or they'll mark their ballots wrong and stuff. So it, there, I, I don't feel like there's any sort of like, you know, maybe grand systemic argument uh, against it. Like there's, you know, there's some arguments of like, well, you know, this allows like, you know, maybe, you know, fringe candidates or candidates who are not like these like overwhelming centrists like stay in longer. But, you know, there's some argument about whether or not like, oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of like, you know, for the sake of efficiency or for like, you know, actually producing, you know, better candidates ultimately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but otherwise, like, I, I think for the most part, the opposition has just been it's different. And so it's bad. I just feel like New York City is like a machine and that they often typically the bot party leaders are like, this is the person we'd like to win, you know, and they're they're kind of I think that's why they would dislike ranked choice voting, yeah. because I think they'd be like, this makes it harder for us to choose the candidate and position them for the win. Uh, for example, uh, Crowley here in Queens running for <laughs> Queens president. Right. Like, I'm sure um, she probably when Joe lost to AO. AOC, yeah, I'm sure they were like mad about that. I wonder if ranked choice voting would have made AOC's win bigger. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Well, it's funny you mentioned Elizabeth Crowley running for. I, she was not the machine candidate this time, and I say this about most political machines. And I just know Queens the best. It's like a revolving door, and someone was a machine candidate, and now they're not. And then someone ran against the machine, but then four years later they became it. You know, there were. So Liz Crowley was sort of the outlier in that race and Donovan Richards, who is the, he won the special election and he's the kind of, he's the one holding the seat right now. He was more of that machine. Now mm -hmm. that it's Congressman Greg Meeks instead of Joe Crowley, it's, it's a lot of re revolving things. I mean, Eric Adams had the support of the Brooklyn Democratic Party, so that machine, but yeah, and I think that was a lot of people's fear where, it, like you said, they can't handpick it. And then also, yeah, I think it's not a legal argument, but if you're a really big Eric Adams supporter, and if he, again, this has not happened yet, but if it comes to be where Maya Wiley or Catherine Garcia get enough twos, threes, blah, 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 and they end up winning, I'd be like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. You got the most first place. So yeah, it's a very, I think polling showed that most people understood ranked choice voting. When, when we have everyone's ballots and they do the ranked choice simulation, we'll see 
how many people just ranked one or just ranked two. I, you know, I, for myself, I ranked five. It was difficult. My one, two, threes were easy, but four and five, I was like, oh my God, like, who yeah. am I going to put? So that, I don't know if a lot of people got past one or two or three. We'll see. I It was tough for me because, you know, obviously I had my top three. I couldn't put Sliwa four. You know, because the uh, wrong Different. party. Right. I could have put Andrew Giuliani five. You know, I was mm-hmm. so annoyed by it. I was, felt I was completely limited. Rank choice voting for all, buddy. Let's put them all in there. Open rank choice primaries. There Let's you go. do it. Um, the, the, the thing that uh, annoys me about New York City is that if you want to register for to vote in the primaries, you have to have registered 30 years ago or whatever. <laughs> it's like takes forever to get your registration through. They're trying to make it easier, but yeah, it's very complicated. Um, so... Now, on the Republican side, I want to talk about this real quick. Our old friend, who I met, by the way, I met Curtis Sliwa years ago um, at a St. John's function. Whoops, slipped out. We went to St. John's. But he came to a St. John's function, and uh, I, I walked up to him, and I, like, shook his hand, and, like, we chatted a little bit. And uh, it was kind of funny because he was he was kind of like, uh, you know, you, you're doing good? You're doing good? Yeah, you look healthy? You're good? Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know him, obviously, but he was like, he was so familiar with me uh, just in the couple of times, I, the, the, a couple of minutes I met him. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, the Republicans had like a really low turnout. It was like 40,000 in total. Like there's no Republicans, you know, in New York City. But <laughs> but um, I feel like he he has a really... I don't know if this is a word genial personality like he's he's a talker like he can get up there and really command uh the camera i feel like he's a he's a dangerous out i don't know is am i am i nuts here i mean i don't know no i don't think so i especially if the crime if the, if the biggest issue of the race for voters continues to be crime i think he would have a hard time making an argument if it's eric adams ultimately but if it's like a Maya Wiley who's more progressive and has different views of policing, I think it would be like if it's a Maya Wiley, Curtis Sliwa general, like it's going to be a very crazy few months. Mm. And I, I think even people who might consider themselves liberal in New York City, they might think, well, I'm concerned about crime. I talk to voters all the time who said I'm very concerned about crime. And I, you know, I see people on Twitter like, Look, the facts are New York City is the safest big city in the country. Crime is nowhere near what it was at our peak. But for a lot of people in a lot of different communities, it is a real concern. And I would meet voters. I met a voter, a woman on the first day of early voting, and she was crying to me. An older woman about, she scared her about her son going out. She's afraid to ride the subway. And that's, those are real concerns. So that is the type of thing, you know, critics will say the media gins it up and the media fakes it and blah, blah, blah. But if you have someone who you know who was shot in your neighborhood, that's not yeah. the newspaper telling you that. Right. Especially, think, yeah. Yeah. Especially so, in South Queens, uh, where I grew up, people loved the cops there. People yeah. wanted more patrols. You know, I don't know. It just feels like uh, Curtis might take it to him. It could be like a, like a weird Trump Hillary situation. Even with Garcia, I feel like he might yeah. turn the tables on her and be like, "I'm the daddy." I'm going to put a hundred thousand more cops on the street. One cop for everybody. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. Uh, Alex, uh, you, uh, you you typically lean Republican usually now. Um, <laughs> That's right. But but you wanted Montero. Is it Montero who ran the other guy? Or is I don't or? even fucking know. The Republicans weren't even paying. Like I said, they weren't paying attention. I don't know that there'll be a force unless yeah. like, you know, like I said, it ends up being a different candidate, uh, a Wiley or somebody like at the top. Yeah. Uh, but if the exit polling bears out and like, you know, public safety is the number one issue, and you're going up against somebody who has a, you know, maybe a less police friendly solution or um, is seeking to put those policies in place. Then, like, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, Curtis got a shot. But otherwise, it's just it's weird. It's like it's like the Noid running for uh, running for election. <laughs> like, hey, remember the Noid back in the 80s? Well, <laughs> he's getting back. You know, it cracks me up, too, because he has had so many, like, he's, like, super pro-cop uh, uh, now. Um, I mean, I feel like he was not always that way. A cop once even shot a guardian angel um, for taking out, like, a comb or something like that. And then he, he said, like, you know, for, it was, like, up in Buffalo a, a, a couple of years, like, a long time ago. But uh, mm-hmm. a cop uh, shot a, a black uh, a guardian angel. And then uh, Sliwa said it was racially motivated. They even, the police... He claims that the police even changed the person who shot him. Like the, the so the police were like, no, it was this Latino guy who shot oh him. God. And Slee was like, no, it was another. Like uh, witnesses told me it was another guy. Um, so it's kind of interesting that Sliwa has all of a sudden become this super like I love the cops. We there should be a cop everywhere kind of guy. When it seemed like he was more of like 
you know, people who are pro community patrols are not always pro cop. Like, they're, right. you know, it's a different thing. <laughs> so it's just, it's just funny he's taking that tack. But I guess he sees an opening. Yeah, potentially. Have you guys seen? I noticed it was actually on the first day of early voting, but in my neighborhood, and I live in Woodside, I saw, I was, I turned on the Roosevelt Avenue in my car and I heard, I, I see on the sidewalk like 10 guardian angels. But because it's Queens, they were mostly Chinese and Hispanic. And then I heard someone say, mask, like a name, you know, I forget what the name was. And I look out like my car and it was like behind me, 10 more guardian angels. So they're really patrolling and I've seen the flyers up. And what yeah, that? It's, it's, it's people are afraid. It always comes when people are afraid. And yeah. um, it was just fascinating to see. I mean, you got to say it's it's a cool fit. It's like that. <laughs> Red, you know, the red, that hot red. Red, yeah. <laughs> like Curtis now has a red, like half, like a zip up, you know, like a like a soccer player jacket. Yeah. But that original Guardian Angel, where it was like the, you know, the Little League jacket, red. You know, yeah. they're always fit. It's. I it's love that great, T-shirt. The white T-shirt. Cool, it's a. Cool, it is a cool, cool shirt. Like that's. If we're talking like you know Zizmore core, like a Guardian Angel shirt is like. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll go buy one. Who knows? Like it's a cool shirt. God bless him. Um, and you, but you, know, you know, another thing that I've, I've been watching a little bit of Curtis uh, just recently, just to kind of rem- remember what like what he's like. And he he was even questioned about the Zimmerman uh, case with uh, uh, the kid in uh, Florida. Yeah. And George oh, yeah. Zimmerman, and he was very anti George Zimmerman. Uh, but he started off by being like, he started lo- by looking at the camera. And he's just like, I'm the head of the Guardian Angels. We we love all kinds of diversity. We got all kinds of people in the Guardian Angels: white, black, Asian, Hispanic. Like it's just like that kind of old school, like seventies. Like yeah, um, yeah. So he's back, I and mean, we'll see. He was he's married or dating that woman who ran for mayor against De Blasio, right? Quinn or, or, or no, no, not Christine Quinn. <laughs> he's married again. Oh, he's married. Okay, it's a woman yeah. named Nancy. Okay. He, what? she's a cat rehabilitator. That's why he has so many cats in their house. Wasn't he dating right. somebody who ran for mayor like a long time ago? Well, he yeah. was dating Melinda Katz, the Queens district attorney now. That's and it. They That's had it. two children together. Uh, we cannot talk about it on the show, but I would advise you. They, they had a long standing relationship. And when he was divorcing his former wife, Mary, who is now married to former governor, David Patterson. Yes. Everyone on page six, they all know each other and they're all getting married. But the, I would encourage you to Google the divorce hearings because it was pretty um, incriminating stuff. It was just wild stuff. And I, you know. Okay, I'll check that out. <laughs> but listeners, check that out. Yeah. Um, I think it's t- time to listen to an ad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So um, I hope you liked uh, that ad for CVS or whatever it might be. I'm uh, <laughs> now, um, next bit of news, uh, there's a tragedy in Florida. Uh, Alex, uh, a building collapsed, uh, uh, yeah, sadly, right? So, so in Miami, a large uh, condo building partially collapsed. Um, I think at last count, it was something like 150 people are missing. Uh, they've confirmed at least uh, a dozen dead based on, on the last thing that I read. And it seems just like sort of this horrible, um, this horrible, horrible tragedy. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've, obviously it's a tragedy and I want to I don't want to make light of it, but I think that we should talk about it so that more people are nervous about their building standards and uh, are careful about it. There were not one but two studies done on that specific fucking building, okay? And maybe this is common, maybe this happens to every building on the planet, and so like, you know, and they all get poor ratings, so we, we can't tell. But I don't know, this feels like it's a little bit more of a coincidence that in the, I guess, the 90s or whatever, the University of Florida, I believe, uh, did a study and they found that that building was sinking faster 
than than normal buildings, um, especially because, and I never knew this was a thing, that those buildings were built on something called reclaimed wetlands, okay? So um, so that's one thing, all right? Now, if I was living in a building that people were like, hmm, it's sinking faster than normal, it should be like a thing, you know? It should be like, there should be a stink about it, you know? And, and, and it, there wasn't. And, may, and again, maybe for good reasons, maybe for good reasons. Then another guy, another engineer, maybe like a couple years ago, and, and this may not be true, but like exactly true, but or when, when it was, he said that the building was built incorrectly so that the, um, the underside of the building was collecting salt water, which was eating away at the, 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 the steel. Now, he said it's, a, it's really bad, but they claim he didn't say it was going to fall. Uh, which somebody on Twitter said, that's like your doctor saying, here's some life-saving medicine, but it doesn't mean you're going to die if you don't take it, okay? <laughs> uh, um, so the thing that just like gets me, and, and again, there's going to be a, probably 100 people or more dead, okay? This is a horrible tragedy. Um, and again, you know, we're not making light of it, but there needs to be a very serious look at how we look at buildings and bridges and the fact that people can say it might fall, Check it out, my fall, and nothing happens. Right. I mean, like part of part of the thing that's come out of this is that the building it was owned by its residents. Like this was not a case of like, you know, we, of of the horrible instance we've had in New York, for instance, where you had a landlord who was like, you know, doing janky gas hookups on their own, sure, and ended up obliterating, um, you know, what occupied building where people had apartments. Uh, so this is a case of you know the the problem uh, being clear sort of being plainly stated and you know and we're like there's gonna be a ton of litigation either way uh, you can bet you can bet that the the inspecting agencies the engineers the people who built the building uh and the condo associations are all going to be suing each other uh over this Jeez. and so they're going they're, there's going to be discovery things are going to come out and i think what what's likely going to happen is they're going to come out and it's going to be that the condo station was aware of this these problems and looked at the costs and the costs were not um, what's not like not they they weren't feasible because in a lot of cases, uh, you know, you, it's basically like, hey, we got to scrap this building and like start over. Like it's the the cost of making those improvements uh, or bringing the building up to up to the, whatever the standard is, is probably excessive. It's probably more than the value of the building itself. Unbelievable. And so because of that, no action is taken. Um, so yeah, so like like th and this brings up a thing, especially with climate change. And you're going to be seeing a lot. They, you know, they mentioned the fact that because of its proximity to the water and because of the heat, like these uh, factors sort of weighed in in terms of the building's deterioration. And so you're going to see this, I think, replicated uh, over the years where you have environmental factors that are coming in, uh, but economic factors that prevent people from doing anything because nobody wants to like walk away from a, a, a thing that they own and declare it a loss. Well, well, let's talk about that because, mm. you know, Katie, like the I mean, people are fucking paranoid, okay? And they don't really typically get paranoid until the, literally the situation that they didn't know could happen, uh, like happens like down the block. Do you think that in Florida, in my, especially Miami, whatever, I, I have to guess that a lot of people are gonna go to their fucking condo boards and they're like, hey, can you show us the papers on, on if this shit is okay? Or like, cause I, I'm sure people are gonna fucking freak out. Yeah, it made me look through the Department of Buildings records at my building mm -hmm. um, to see what's up and if there were any complaints. And yeah, it is it is horrific. It really is like an absolute nightmare scenario, especially the time in, in which it happened. Everyone was home. It's just horrific. And yeah, there was, I find this in reporting whenever, and, and Alex, you mentioned it briefly, like I think of the building that exploded in East Harlem, there had been plenty of warnings that it always smells like gas in this building. Um, and I think in, in, in the case of Miami building, there were, there was a loss, there was all this stuff and it was just waiting. Uh, all, all the warning signs were there. And I, yeah, I can't imagine the buildings on that little strip looking at the map, they're going to say, well, wh what's our building like? But then also, like you said, this is people's homes. This is people, they own their home. This is where they're going to live. And I don't know if governments and, and municipalities are, prepared to relocate people right uh either if it's in five buildings or 30 buildings they're just yeah. not ready it's that idea we saw it after hurricane sandy here in new york city the city offered buyout programs for people who lived in the coast they said we'll give you the pre-hurricane value of your home and most people didn't take it um and it comes into that issue of you know 
unless there's eminent domain to force people out of their homes, what will governments do with the issue of climate change? And eventually there'll be, uh, you know, retreating from the coast and what will the cities do then? So this, it does seem like a precursor of what will happen. That's scary. It's, it's, it's so scary. And I, I was looking at um, some of the, the ads for the open uh, apartments in that building uh, from the obviously pre-collapse. And, and there was like the HOA fees are like $800 a month for, for these, uh, these apartments. So these people are paying a fucking shit ton of money, yeah. um, you know, obviously. And, I, you know, more to your point, Alex, basically, if the building is like condemned, their money, the, the 800000 or a million dollars they put into that condo is now zero. Right. Right. So then they don't want that, um, obviously. But I think there's going to be a little bit of a pushback now in the next few weeks and months where people are going to go to their condo board and be like, you better fucking inspect this shit. My kids sleep here. Yeah. Right. But that, but that, yeah. But like, once again, you sort of get into that question of like, all right. So when you identify a problem like that, is it suddenly like, all right, well, everybody in the building just needs to pony up, uh, you know, $100,000 or, you know, a million dollars in order to fix this issue. Uh, which is ongoing, or is it a thing of like, well, your thing is worth zero at this point, so you're like, you're free to leave, but this it's not safe to be here. Like, live at your own risk, or continue being here at your own risk. Well, that's the problem of um, you know living in places that are investments. It's like living in a Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll uh, happen one of these days. If we had a Yang mayor, we could have lived in. <laughs> we could be Adam's, living in Bitcoin Adam right said, now. Adam said we're going to mine Bitcoin in New York City. He said it's going right. to be a Bitcoin yeah, city. So there we go. Um, hey, you know, finally uh, 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 a currency. <laughs> I have to tell you, and I'll admit, I don't know what that is. Like mining. I had a friend who was like, "You should buy Bitcoin," and I was like, "Oh, I have to download a separate app. Never mind." Katie, the Katie, mining don't, the Bitcoin. Don't get into it. Oh, so I think basically, I read like one line once, and I was like, I don't. It's okay. No, the, so base the idea is Bitcoin has a finite, and all all coins have this, right. but like Bitcoin specifically has a finite amount of bitcoins that it's like you know that will one day be printed, right? So basically, you to um, to mine bitcoins, you have to have these supercomputers that solve these complex puzzles, and they take a lot of energy. It's like you need a lot of computers. The more people do it, the harder it gets. Like it's some kind of fail safe option so that people can't just mine it quickly. And then once they make it, um, once they make a Bitcoin, then they can sell it to somebody um, for a, a predetermined price. And like that price goes up and down. Uh, and then one day there will be there'll be no more Bitcoin. There will be just like the 70 million that are up there or whatever the amount is. And then and then because it's so rare, the value will go up and down. Right. So basically. Right. So it's basically, Kitty, it's an exciting way to lose between five and ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was always the environmental aspect of it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, but I was that's always like. Yeah, like, well, how is this contributing climate change? Isn't it? It takes a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. I think uh, it's El Salvador is the one who, that wants to hook up its volcanoes to um, to the processing. Oh <laughs> Good luck to him. Good luck to Haley. Now, uh, finally, the final story I want to talk about is um, there was a, a little. Let's get into sports here, real quick. Uh, <laughs> there was a little race called the Tour de France uh, over there in uh, uh, Paris, France, or, or whatever you want to call it. Alex, there, w- there was a little bit of an incident. There was. There was um, uh, a woman held out a sign, um, basically wishing, you know, saying hello to her grandmother, and caused a um, multiple uh, cyclist <laughs> pileup uh, during the early legs of the race. Uh, it made a viral sensation. So. Yeah. You know, you thought you fucked up in your life. Uh, they, they, now, you know what's interesting? They said they can't even find this woman. She she escaped. Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like on the next plane to have a brand new life, new identity. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, that's it's it might be it's like it's like a movie level like you know a movie where it's like imagine the guy who accidentally shut down madison square garden on game seven of the nba championship or something like that like uh it's it's so bad it's almost like marketing for bad luck karen or something like that like just this woman holding i would watch sign. that movie that I, I, we should write that's actually great it, and it makes me think of like other like jeffrey meyer from the yankees remember that kid who like stole the home run that ruined the orioles like is there like a club of people who have interfered in sporting events and just completely ruined it? So I the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs had a guy Bartman. Yeah, of course. Yeah, is he the Billy Goat guy? Uh, I don't I'm know. I'm combining my Cubs like uh, <laughs> superstitions. He he. Um, the Cubs were up. It was like one out, and the Cubs uh, were winning uh, like Game Seven of the National 
uh, league championship and uh, <laughs> uh, somebody hit a pop up and he's like wearing headphones and not really paying attention and he just sees a ball and and he hits his own cub like like a cub went to catch it and it would have been like two outs in the, it, the close to being the inning over and he just interrupts <laughs> his own uh you know team uh, and uh makes him drop the ball and then the cubs went proceeded to lose the game in the series yeah uh, but but then they won the world series later so years later just like yeah. well, it was worth the wait <laughs> but yeah i think yeah like i think like his case i think is interesting because i think he was like chased down like in the street for a couple years after that yeah and i think i'm not sure but i think it, like at this point that's happened enough that there's actually support groups for people uh specifically who have interfered with important games and um you know face the consequences so this woman might might have been running to find a sponsor for all we know <laughs> yeah i i katie you're absolutely right i don't know what I would do. I mean, it, also, it's interesting. Like, what is the, what do you get charged with? Like, you destroy the Tour de France. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah. like, it, it, you know, it's the French legal system, so it's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. But you know, it could be, you know, there's, you know, there are public endangerment, like, you know, criminal negligence. If she caused an injury like that, like, it's, um, you know, there's substantial risk of injury from leaning into an active racing mm-hmm. thing. So. There, there are all kinds of ways to do it, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sure everyone is. I don't. People are actually looking for this person, but it's going to be very hard to uh, to hide. I think in this modern yeah. age of ours, especially if you have an enemy. Like, imagine me. Like, if I did something like that, there'd be like a thousand people calling nine one one. That was Alexis Pereira. <laughs> you wouldn't even need a reward. Yeah, right. You'd be like, no, I'm paying you <laughs> to do <laughs> something. Bad. The cops. There you go. I bought. I brought you guys coffee and donuts. Yeah, I'm so right. happy. With you. Curtis, I heard you, it was twenty five thousand. <laughs> I had to give you. I had to give you twenty five thousand. Uh, yeah. That's for me. Yeah, Curtis Silva. Curtis Silva goes on TV and says, "Alexis, like, you know, you can turn yourself into the guardian." will go easier on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, another thing about the Guardians interesting is I, I so according to my dad a long time ago, uh, he was telling me about them and he said that they were kind of popular in the 70s uh, in New York City, but then like one of them stabbed somebody and then like New York was just like, get out of here. But but there was like, the, even the New York politicians were like split. Like I think like Koch hated them, but Cuomo loved yeah. them and like and, and things like that. So um it's interesting the the whole vigilante thing it's the whole idea of the street vigilante and like you know you're interfering and i'm sure the transit cops didn't like that the fact that these goons with red berets <laughs> were like coming on like we're here you know the transit cops are like no we actually went to school for this like we're yeah. here. the the um the, they talked to one of the transit officer um la- uh was it recent? oh no i'm sorry it was i was watching an old story but um about the guardian angels and uh, he was saying that um, oftentimes people uh, believe that a lot of um, uh, assaults are completely random. And, and sure, a lot of them are. But he was saying that there was more evidence that there were, you know, at least a large chunk of them. Obviously, the ones that are random are the ones that are in the story, the headlines. But he's like, the large chunk of them are like, you know, um, basically fights between people who know each other and yeah. things like that. So, and, he's, and he said that basically what happens is um, you get like these, um, uh, the random assaults and the robberies, obviously, which are all random, um, they become like headlines and people are like, this must be fixed. But then what happens is they get added onto uh, the, the disputes between two people that know each other or something like that, like shootings. Like people are like, you know, oh, a person got randomly shot and there were 400 shootings uh, last year. So then people just go, so all of them were or were random, but really what happens is like, you know, they have to add them up, but not all of them are, are like that. Like it's, you know, typically they're like disputes between two parties and there are innocent bystanders, but, and, and not that that's okay, but, right, but, the, yeah. but, but basically everybody's just like, oh, they're all random you never know, we can all die. And like, and he's like, not, Maybe, but not really. Right. Yeah. Well, you guys saw this the the video that came out of the Bronx, the shooting that happened around the two kids. With the two kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, things like that are, are things that get people like you know freaked out because obviously clearly it's like like that was like a pre existing like some sort of beef was going on there. That guy did not, you know, he was trying to shoot around the kids, so it, <laughs> yeah. he he seemed to have that target in mind. So it was personal. But I think, you know, people see that happening are just like, oh, like, yeah, they're going to start, sh- you know, people are shooting each other's streets for no reason. Yeah. And so, like, we start getting this mind of like, oh, it's the bad New York. It's the mm-hmm. 1970s, 1980s New York. What was the name of the guy who shot all those people on the subway? Bernie Getz, Bernie right? Getz, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So He's now a squirrel rehabilitator. 
Yeah. Oh no, he, I think he passed away actually. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. He did. Like Bernie gets fan club. How do you both know so much about him? <laughs> oh no, he was like it, like we learned about his case. Um, in no, he's still alive. Oh, good for Bernie. Um, Poor Bernie, no, he killed him uh, temporarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, temporarily. No, he's still alive. Um, no, so we yeah we learned about his case in uh, in law school because it's there was a question of self defense like you know that was you know his claim was that you know he believed that he was going to be mugged uh, based on the way that he was approached by these teenagers and then you know shot them and I think ultimately he was uh, he was convicted. Yeah. Um, he was moving stereo equipment, right? At, at the time, I well, I think what had happened, what the things that I recall is that he had been accosted on the subway like five times. Yes. And then uh, basically when he went in the last time, he brought, you know, the gun and was sort of waiting for it to happen. Hmm. More or less. I, I believe it was because of the stereo equipment he was moving. I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I feel like he was he was a moving some kind of equipment back and forth on the subway. And then I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking this up. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> um, something like that. Oh, you know, Katie, I, I wanted to bring this up. You, you, you showed this newspaper clip on Twitter of like i think it was from the 80s or I, I 1975 1975 and it was like they asked they asked it was a poll of new yorkers and it was like 75 percent of new york thinks new york city is too dangerous or something like that and then they were like do you think new york city is exciting and awesome to live in and it was like 80 percent of new yorkers say it was, yes it was heavy, yeah <laughs> so the history with that i'll pull it up my dad's 75th birthday is this week so we had a little barbecue yesterday and my mom got him this book from the New York Times that it has the front page of every June 30th since he was born. Oh, that's and awesome. Then, and it was so cool. And then also like other, what they probably do is like they have the back, the second half of the book were famous headlines and covers throughout history. And then whenever yeah. your birthday is, they add it on. But yeah, it was 76% said New York City's poorly run. 70, uh, 79 said there's too much crime. And then 70 said New York City is more exciting than other cities to live in, which it's like, <laughs> this is my, someone tweeted, yeah, it's a shithole, but it's my shithole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, that was, yeah, this was um, 1975. So June 30th, 1975. He, um, um, it, you know, it's funny about New York City when you think about like when it was really, really bad. Uh, the rents were amazing. So <laughs> yeah, that's when, yeah, my mom always says that, you know, like when I was working in Brooklyn, if only I had blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. I think no one wants to go back to the seventies, and for obvious reasons, and they point to that a lot. But I just saw that, and I was like, "That's pretty. That's a pretty funny like poll." That seventy yeah. percent, and it's true, right? Like, it's. I think that about New York all the time. The the crime, whatever you know. Obviously, no one wants to be involved in any crime, but just sometimes I'm walking down the street, and it's like, "Wow, this street is disgustingly dirty, really <laughs> trash." But then I, you know, I turn a corner, and suddenly I. My heart is swelling with how beautiful everything looks and how happy I am. Yeah. And oh my God, it's just, it's just a day to day, block to block difference. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, now that I'm back in Manhattan in particular and walking through, you know, I used to walk from City Hall to Times Square a lot and you would see everything. And some days it would make me very happy. And other days I'd be like, I gotta get out of here, even for like a day. Yeah. I um well I you know I, I work from home but I, I work in the Tribeca and I, uh, during the summer for like years I would walk every day after work from my my uh, building uh, all the way to 14th Street and sometimes even further like I would just walk to yeah. like four, before I had to take the train to Astoria and uh, man I, honestly I never saw anything I didn't like I loved the, the walk every single time like it was just like sometimes you see crazy stuff but then you're just like that's our crazy man that's like yeah. our crazy. Um, yeah. No. The other day I walked to, I went to see my, for my first return to the movie theaters, I actually saw Eight and a Half at Film Forum. I'd never seen Eight and a Half. I don't know how I missed that. But then I walked back to meet people further downtown Manhattan. And it was just like one of those, the weather was great. It wasn't humid. Everything was great. I walked by a basketball court. A guy's like, I'm going to make a shot for you. <laughs> I took them five times. <laughs> Right, and the fifth one was a layup. But I was like, yeah, you got it, man. I'm just cheering for this complete stranger through a fence. <laughs> you know, bought a pair of sunglasses with a guy in Canal Street. I'm like interviewing him. I'm like, what's it been like? What do you need? I got like this whole insight. And I'm like, this is what's so great about New York. There's always people. 
Yeah. I always will. Sometimes I'll run into people. I know I ran into you once on the street, Alex, like pre COVID, but it's just sometimes New York, that's when it feels like not such a huge city when I'm just running around and people like, I agree. I mean, yeah. I'm going to miss it when I'm a big Hollywood actor, but uh, <laughs> Postal. what are you talking about? That's true. You'll have the place in Tribeca, the place in Hollywood. Oh my God. I can't wait. I and really you'll be like, wait. you'll complain. You'll be like, Oh my God, my red eye was so nuts. Yeah. I, I keep saying it, you know, wife and uh, wife on the Upper East Side, girlfriend in East Village. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just like one train between them. Surgeries, <laughs> they'll never see each other. Thank you. Uh, so, Katie, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, what, what, um, what what are you working on now? I mean, you're you're like you're the only like non comedian we have on. So, <laughs> and, uh, but um, like you know, you're. You're a journalist. Uh, I like the YouTube show, and I have, um, no, all jokes aside, I actually, you know, just work, just like this stuff, figuring out who the mayor is. I guess my job ends July 9th, so then I don't know what I'm doing after yeah. that. But, um, you know, I New do, York one. I know. Who knows? Maybe tell, call him up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, more coverage of that. Um, and I, you know, in a non-journalism thing, I guess everyone says it, but, you know, I, I used to want to be a TV writer or whatever. So I was like, I would love to watch like a really funny version of this insane mayor's race. So I'm like, yeah. maybe I should just try to write it. You know, I'm up early, a couple pages a day. Um, somebody has to. Yeah. But who knows? Hey, all, reti- all retired journalists all say they're going to write a novel. You're right. Just the, I mean, you're just the next one. <laughs> it's just like, let's be like the David Simons or whatever. And I can do that. <laughs> I'm the David Simon of comedy. I like it. It works. It works. Um, and uh, as we uh, end every episode, we end with a final thought from uh, our n- not as of yet disbarred uh, <laughs> attorney, Alex Estrada. Alex, what's your final thought? I'm still in it. My, my final thought uh, is, is the one that's been haunting me all week. It's too fucking hot. <laughs> so let's do something about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I want in a mayor. Someone <laughs> do something about this heat. <laughs> the, the, the heat is too damn hot. That's right. That. No, 100%. <laughs> there All we right. go. Have a good week, everybody. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.